Welcome to the Paperclip podcast presented by BSDA. We have one clear goal, help you to become bigger. I'm your host, Brett Stone, and this is season two, episode six. Thank you to the Paperclip podcast family for tuning in. You are absolutely appreciated. And today it is my pleasure to introduce Scott Sunderland from SK Concreting and Landscaping. Scott, how are you going? Good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. Thanks, mate. Keen to, um, you're the, the first concreter landscaper that I've had on the show, so I'm keen to get your story. Oh, beautiful. Hopefully I can help. <laughs> so the first question is the same for, for all our guests, and it's always a favourite. What was your very first job, and what do you think you learnt from it? Uh, my very first job, gee, that's gone way back to 2012, I think. Um, did a... Uh, back patio area and turf as well at the same time. First time I ever done turf. Um, I had to speak to a couple of friends to get it going. And um, yeah, it was a very sort of new experience. I mean, I've done concreting for a long time, but yeah, I just decided to go out on my own. And um, yeah, what I learned from it um, was probably how much I had to do and how much I had to sort of get going before I actually sort of hit my peak business-wise was very... But you just jump in feet first and see how we go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what about, you know, when you were a kid, what about your very first job that you did? Did you have like a paper round or, you know? Um, no, well, I think my first sort of job, I guess you'd say, well, I think I was 12 or 13 and my uncle was a concreter and on the school holidays, me and my cousin used to go and annoy him and wheel wheelbarrows for him and if we're lucky enough, we'd get a free lunch and maybe some money and if not, <laughs> we got free lunch, that was good. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't really work too much. I always I was playing sport a lot as a kid, so there wasn't too much sort of time with training and stuff like that. But yeah, my uncle always was keen to come and let us give him a hand. Yeah, wow, okay. Got started early. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, child labor. <laughs> and so that that I mean it probably plays into the next question, which is how did you learn the skills required to get into concreting and landscaping? Yeah, so I pretty much probably owe it all to my uncle, uh, John Robertson. He's got um, his own con com uh, concrete company, Robson Concreting, which him and my cousin own and operate now. Um, I pretty much learnt everything off him. Um, every sort of trait and good skill I've got is definitely off him. Bad bad traits are probably off myself, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, everything I sort of concreting-wise would be yeah, off my uncle John. Yeah, awesome. And uh, what are some of the differences that you found between like working for yourself work versus working with other people? Um, oh, it's time, time management and just the ability to be able to use your creativity as well, really. Um, so concrete, especially the concreting game or landscaping game, like everyone sort of thinks their way is the best way and they can't be taught. But what I've learned from doing all different types of concreting is you can always learn something new and um, I love to sort of just do a new job and see how, where it takes me. And yeah, it's really good, I think. And being your own boss, you can sort of do that. And I think it's always good to be able to adapt and change as well. And when it comes to that kind of thing, is it um, like the, the uh, you know, like the surroundings that you're working on or is it like the other materials that are in the project? What are some of the things that, you know, that sort of change that up for you? Um, yeah, well, it can be 
everything comes down to cost when it comes to sort of the, the, the concreting side of it. Um, costs always get inflated and you're sort of trying to find a way to make more money and then you've got a lot of people coming out there sort of trying to undercut you. So you sort of, you got to try to meet yourself in the middle with your, with your job you're trying to win, but still try to keep your profit margin at a decent one so you can actually go to work every day. Um, that's sort of the main thing that sort of ch changes my type of work. Um, on the client, if how much their budget is, if they've got a big budget or if they've got a low budget, that determines what type of concrete there is. Sort of, yeah, that can sort of scope the whole works. So you can sort of tell if someone's willing to spend the money and who's not willing to spend the money. So you sort of have to pick and choose. And when you were talking before about, you know, using your creativity, what are some of the, you know, what's one of the jobs that sort of stands out in your mind that, you know, you really got to, you know, kind of the, the client more or less just sort of said, you know, go to town, do do what you think's best, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, you've got sort of two type of clients. you got, for me, it's the, the client that's got an idea in their head and they can't be changed or you've got the sort of, they're, they're always the, the fun ones to work with because they, they're not concreters or they're not landscapers, but they'll give you every advice and tell you how to do it. <laughs> so you sort of got to, work your way around that. Um, but the best ones are, yeah, the ones that sort of just go, this is my area, this is what I want to do with it, what you think we can do. And they listen to you when you can work your magic. Um, there's nothing better feeling as a concrete or a landscaper to be able to go to a blank canvas and see that they've got all mud for a driveway and they've got overgrown weeds and that and to turn it into something that they're actually happy to go home to. Um, it's actually a good satisfaction in seeing their faces when you finish it and go, oh, geez, look at this. This is really good. That's sort of one of the great things about doing that type of work is you sort of get to see firsthand, like, yeah, how you can sort of change someone's property for the good. Yeah, I, I know, like, from, from my perspective, bought a house ages ago and when one of the first things that I noticed that I hated about the house was the driveway. It just was really old. It had, like, two lanes of concrete. Oh, the two strips with the grass in the centre? Yeah. The yeah. old school one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, well, that's what I say to people. I'm like, you go to work and when you leave your house, like most people are only working to live. They don't live to work. So um, I say like when you drive home from a night, you want to come home and actually smile and go, oh, look at this. You don't want to drive home and go, oh, look at this, this abomination of a driveway or look at, the, look at all my weeds. I've got to go out there in the yard. You, you want something to come home to. And that's, sort of what I, that's the sort of angle I try to show people that, that you want you want to be happy when you come home that's it's, it's your kingdom it's your castle so and the yeah. first thing you see when you drive home is usually your driveway yeah well when i did some renovations that was one of the first things that went was yeah. <laughs> you know getting a whole new driveway put in that, that looked really nice so it's yeah, uh, so and i know exactly what you're talking about like at the yeah. moment i'm selling the house and so i'm looking at the photos online and looking at the driveway the shot they've got from the front of the house and I just think wow that looks so much better than what I remember it being well that's one of the things also as well it's a good selling point if you've got it I say to people it values your house like crazy if you've got a good front yard that's that's your curb appeal that's what they all talk about has it got curb appeal and if you've got some nice turf with some nice planter boxes with some plants and you've got and you've got exposed color slate whatever type of concrete it is but it looks nice and it's well maintained people will be like oh this is a nice place. This man or well, this woman takes care of their property. So we know this is probably a good house to look at. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's how they feel at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're going for anyway. That's right. That's right. So what made you want to work for yourself? 
Um, well, as I said to you, that this is my second time around doing it. The first time around, um, I just like there's only so much you can do, sort of concreting wise. If you've got, I've always got aspirations. I've always sort of shoot my standards pretty high, um, mm. and I thought to think of myself as a forward thinker. Um, and so yeah, so I was working for my uncle and doing bits and pieces, and but then when the when you don't have work because most time you're a subby, you don't get paid. So you sort of you can sort of see like that. All right, my skills can take me this far. So why not go out there and have a crack? And my uncle said to me like, you should start doing some of your own work. Like make some money. Like don't like there's enough work out there. We can all make money. So it's sort of I guess yeah. I was just like, oh, why not? Might as well have a crack. What's the worst can happen? I just go back and work for someone else again. Yeah. Absolutely. And so in the early days when, you know, like before you had a business and it was just an idea, you know, you hadn't really started yet. What were some of the things that you did that helped you take it from just an idea to becoming a business? Um, I think just talking to my mother, a family, friends, stuff like that, that have taken chances and gone out on their own and, just sort of seeing like spoke to them and just sort of saw like what's your lifestyle like are you happier like do you like working for yourself all that kind of thing and um and then even just speaking yeah to to my uncle and other concreters and just sort of seeing like like how hard like could it really be to get up and going like what do i need and is it feasible and um yeah it's just one of those things like you could have easily just kept working for a wage which is always good mm. but i've sort of always had that burning ambition and sort of drive to sort of not want always more but just thought like I would like to run something and sort of do it myself and see what it takes yeah absolutely and what excites you the most about your business um well there's probably a couple of things I think one one of the main things when it comes to it sort of was with business but it's being able to spend as much time as I want with my family as well like I can I can sort of free myself up a bit more um, and actually spend time with my family where I'm not working 24 hours a day to, to bring in a wage. I can spend some time with them. But then also I can set my own hours that if I've got a job to do, I can knuckle down, do it for two, three days hard and know that I can, I can have a couple of days off as well if I really want to. But the flexibility-wise is very appealing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's very common for a lot of people. I think you know two of the most common things are, that flexibility around time, you know, for people that, um, especially a lot of the creative people that I know, they often, they're always people that, or not always, but almost always people who sleep in, but work late. So they might not um, really, really get going until like one o'clock in the afternoon or 11 o'clock in the morning, but then they're still working at, you know, midnight, 1am because, you know, that's how they, that's how they go. And so I think, having that flexibility with time, but then also. Um, oh, definitely. Like you don't, you don't really have to, um, you can't really hold anyone else accountable. Like if, if you want to make money and you want to get the job done, like it's up to you to do it. You can't really sort of sit there and blame someone else. Go, oh, well, I would have done this. If, if it was my business, it's your business. You sort of forget to pick what you want to do. And as I say, you sort of, it's your sword, you fall on it or you, you keep going sort of thing. So yeah. it's always, it's always a sort of, yeah, like some days you, you, you go to work and you're looking at going at home two hours and you're like, oh, I don't really want to be here. And then some days you go to work and you forget to eat lunch and you just keep going through them before you know it's seven o'clock, but you get it done. So it's just sort of the good outweighs the bad. You have the good days and you have your bad days. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, one of the, the well, some of the things that we talk about, and I think you, you know, you've sort of segued nicely into this question with, with talking about the kind of the good and the bad is that some of the personal challenges that you might have faced while working for yourself, you know, whether it's like, you know, stress with like relationships or friendships or, you know, not getting enough sleep or financial problems. We always kind of talk about some of the stresses that we've encountered while trying to, you know, start up or while you work for yourself. What's, you know, what's one of the ones that kind of stands out for you? Um, at the start was, yeah, definitely being able to have a stable, like, work and uh, personal life. You sort of find yourself working weird hours and just being all about work, then getting home, getting in the books and that, and sort of neglecting your, your partner or your wife or your children sometimes, and you sort of give yourself reality check. And then also one of the other things is um, sometimes just trying to find the workers and keeping good workers on. And um, yeah, sort of surfacing through in the concrete business, it's, it's it's hard to sort of get a good stable crew together and keep them there because the good ones usually work for themselves or they want big money, and the ones that are there ready on a phone call, there's a reason why they're sitting there waiting for a phone call. So it's sort of it's a bit hard. Like it, that that was always a big stress, and um, yeah, just putting your faith in other sort of people that your name is on their work. So you've got to pick the right people because if they screw up your job like they go home you have to sit there and work out how you're going to get the money off the client because they're not happy so you sort of it's that's probably the biggest stress is like making sure that the people also do the job to your standard and how do you go about you know picking the right team members for your business um i think like it's hard to say like I've worked for years in the past where like you sort of have other people that own businesses and you sort of trade days for each other and you'll go work for them for free and they'll come work for you for free. So we go a day for day. Mm -hmm. So that's always a good way because you know that when you're on their job, you give them hundred percent. So when they come on your job, they give you a hundred percent. And then it's just um, the, the guys that I work with now are like super A-class professionals. Like, and they're, they're, they're country boys. They travel a bit further for work and stuff like that. And they, they get in there and get it done and, like they some sometimes like you gotta pay a little bit more to get the quality of people. And you gotta to think to yourself like, what's a hundred dollars a day if they're putting out A class work or you save yourself hundred and fifty bucks and you get someone else in and it's below par average stuff and you haven't explained or you're trying to work an angle to make sure that you get your money. So I sort of have a big believer in you pay someone what they're worth and if they're worth their money you pay it for them and you're not trying to make a million dollars off each job or each person. It's the long-term game that you sort of work at. Yeah, that's that's good advice. I think for, for anybody listening as well, that, you know, trying to get that. I think a lot of businesses struggle with that balance in the early days of doing things, doing the, the cheap, cheap jobs and doing lots of them or doing more expensive jobs, but knowing that you've got to give 100% and everybody that you're working with has to give 100% too. Yeah, well, it's funny. Like, it, especially in corporate, everyone wants that, 100 squares 200 squares job that's going to make them 10 20 grand but i mean that's good and well but sometimes those jobs are hard to find and like i've found like i do every small job is just as every big job like i've done a couple of jobs last week that they were yeah they were small but you do four or five of them in, in a space of a week get in there set it up and pour it the same day you make it you make it more than you would for a week sort of thing in one day if you, if you pump them all out so you just make just as much and um and sometimes dealing with those clients like they're also they're a lot better to deal with because they're actually so appreciative that you're not just like, because the amount of times that people 
go, oh, like, glad you come out, no concrete will take my phone call because the job's too small. You're just like, well, that's what I, I sort of where my market off Kenyan as well is not discriminating and just going for anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good insight as well for I think for our audience as well is that you know you don't have to necessarily pick one or the other. You can do both and, and as long as you're managing your time effectively and giving the job hundred percent it doesn't matter. Oh, definitely. Like I I said to you before we started, like I was um on a job this morning and I went out on a job on Friday and like they're two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar jobs. I'm I'm tendering up. Um, so they're big, they're big, big jobs. Um, probably the biggest ones that I've, I've sort of got a ten before. But then the day before, I I was doing a twenty five square meter little um, area for this old couple that yeah was only about two and a half thousand dollars. So it's like you go from two and a half thousand dollars one day that then you're quoting up half a million dollars worth of work. So it sort of it sort of blows your mind a little bit. But I think you have got to have that stable because some people get greedy and they just go for the big stuff and that's where your business can suffer if you don't have constant work you don't have anything paying the bills and i think there's probably a lot of, of um you know it's probably a little bit humbling and and you know it keeps your feet on the ground a little bit when like you say you know you're doing you're still doing jobs for mum and dad or the, the grandparents um yeah versus those, those big jobs as well because you know you know in order to you always want to do a good job for the for the older clients and that kind of thing as well because you know they appreciate it more so yeah definitely that that always carries i think if you if you keep that kind of mentality then you know that carries through to the bigger jobs anyway oh and i i find sometimes the smaller people they'll they'll refer you on a lot more easier than the bigger jobs the bigger jobs sort of they're more commercial like they sort of they just go for the best price or like at least you get in with them. They're just all about the tender process. Whereas you go for like your sort of private sort of domestic work. Like um, I know friends as I always refer back to my uncle and my cousin, like 90% of their work and nearly for a while, they're most of my work. Like I didn't, I didn't really even advertise. It was all referrals. Um, and your business, your business takes, that's your, that's your advertising sort of thing sometimes. And if you do it like that, like, um, and you look after them and you do it properly, like, they don't, they don't get other quotes. They just go straight to you and go, person X said you did their job. That was awesome. Can you come do mine? And you give them a quote and they say, yeah, start tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. And so that's, that's, you know, another a good way to, to move into the next question as well, which is how important is it for you to be around other business owners? I think it's good. I think it's really, really good. Um, some, some people will take even... Um, being around other concreters as competition and see it's scary. Whereas I don't like, I've my couple of my old bosses, they're, they're successful now, they make good businesses. And I'll, I'll message them on Facebook or I'll call them up and be like, hey, like I've got this job that I want to quote up. Can you give me a hand? Like I'm not, a, I'm still learning the commercial process side of it. And they'll be like, yeah, sure. And and I sort of bounced off them. I'll be like, oh, I'm doing this. Like, do you think this would be a good way to go about it? And they'll throw out ideas. Um, and then sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah. I'm too busy. Can you, I've got a couple of jobs. Do you want to do that for me? And you find other work as well off it. And, um, but I find around other business owners, it's really, it's really good because you can, you can see a lot of the positive things they do and you can, you can sort of, sort of assess, dissect like what works for them, what doesn't work for them and sort of take away what this works for them. So maybe we could try this approach and see how it goes with my business and see how that works. And yeah, I think it works really well. Yeah, no, that's good advice. And considering everything that you know already and, and you've had, you know, two goes at it yourself, 
if, you know, considering where you are now, thinking about that, that journey, is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I never look back and say, like said, I guess you'd say like, I regret this or regret that, but you can, you can learn from your mistakes. And I've made, I've made a lot of them in the past and it's mine comes down to usually putting faith in the right people, um, getting the right workers in there and then just time management as well. Like sometimes you may quote a job and you think I'll get it done in a couple of days, but then it takes longer because you're trying to save cash by left, right, center. And um, yeah, your time management's a big thing. And what do you think the best advice you've been given is? Um, probably something simple as do the job right the first time and you won't have to do it again. And so like, that's, that comes down to concrete because it's like if you screw it up, like they can get you on the hook, they can rip you up and throw it and tell you to rip it up and do it again. Um, so mine is always like, yeah, and you do it, do it right, do it the first time right and it's good. And I guess another thing is also, I think it's the same thing that my uncle said was always like treat every job like it's your own job, like, like it's your house, like, so, like it's your driveway. Like, so if, it, if it's not up to your standard for your house, then it shouldn't be done any other way. So you should be doing it exactly like that. And I think if you take pride in your work like that, well, then you never have to have an issue with a client because they'll be happy with your work. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice for sure. I think that, that's something that um, anyone can apply to their business. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we shift gears a little bit into some advertising and marketing questions. Um, so thinking back to your, your very first client or customer, how did you get that customer? It was off Gumtree. Right. Put it out of Gumtree, yeah. Yeah, about eight years, about eight years ago now. Yeah, first job I think it was through Gumtree or Facebook. I think it was Gumtree. Okay. And how did that go? And so what, what was your experience in like using Gumtree before then? Was it something that you'd, you'd used before or? No, I think um, one of my friends had said like, oh, like I was just subbing at the time and I was sort of saying that I wanted to do some work for myself and sort of get out there and make some more money and that. And they were like, oh yeah, like Gumtree's free. I'd chuck it on there and you get ads. Sometimes you don't, you don't, there's like yeah, the, the biggest, I think, um, winner for me was that it didn't cost me any money and I could just put my photos on there and your number and if they call you call if you don't you don't so you're not sort of having to put your money in your own pocket yeah okay and like I didn't have much cash so you sort of (laughs) you're trying to save as much money as you can yeah yeah for sure and what do you think uh what's something that you do that helps to make your customers feel special do you think um I think it's all about being honest and um and sort of shoot, shooting from the hip and just telling them straight, like I'll, I'll say to them, I'm, I'm not the cheapest, I know I won't be the cheapest quote, I'm probably not the expensive quote, but what you get for me is more the, pers- the personal approach. Like I won't, I won't take on two or three jobs at once. I'll do pretty much one job at a time and we go from one and we don't leave that one until it's done and until we're happy with it. So it's sort of, that's our main thing. It's just um, treat, them, treat, the, treat your client, I guess, as a person, as, as sort of like a friend and not see him as a meal or a, or a money maker. Um, and I think the money takes care of itself if you have that personal approach, especially in our game, because there is a lot of bad companies out that they're looking to rip you off or trying to take your cash. So I found if you're completely honest with them and you treat them like a person and treat them like a friend, like it goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. 
And thinking back to, uh, you know, the kind of various advertising and marketing that you've done over the years, what was something that, um, you know, you had really high hopes for? You thought, yep, you know, this will go great for sure. And it just completely flopped. It was just a disaster. Um, oh, it's probably, it's funny when you look at it because you think, oh, yeah, like Gumtree was one of those ones. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get heaps of work off that. And <coughs> But because it's free, you sort of, you forget that probably every man and their dog is out there posting as well for free work. So you sort of, yeah. And um, even I guess at the start when I first put my um, a Facebook page up there, I thought, oh yeah, like you'll, you'll get heaps of work off it and your friends will like it all and your friends will push it all across for you. But you sort of find out pretty quick that most people are just cruising along doing their own thing on Facebook and they don't really care about your business too much. So you sort of, you've got to, yeah, I didn't realise how much work you've got to sort of put into it if you want to, get your face out there. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, there's often posts that go around on, on Facebook about, you know, how it's free to support your friend's business, you know, like one of their posts, Definitely. share one of their posts, you know, that kind of thing. And I think it's really surprising for a lot of businesses that when they start a business, there's a couple of things that I always hear about, especially, you know, just being in marketing myself, I always hear the, the kind of things that um, either... Uh, they're surprised at how, you know, how little interaction they get from friends and family online. Yeah, and, definitely. And they're always surprised at um, how quickly, like, friends and family um, say to them things like, oh, you know, you're not the same person anymore or you never got time for me or these kind of things. And yeah, definitely. I always look at those things like, you know, a little bit like, um, and it took me to go through those things personally to, to really and talk to other people about it to really understand like, oh, that's just, you know, the, like the cry of the loser, you know, mm. to, a, to a certain degree, because these, these are people that, you know, when you said to them, oh, you know, I'm thinking about starting my own business, most of them are like, yeah, yeah, yeah you should do it. You know, you should definitely do it, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as you start it, they're the first ones to be like, oh, what, you know, you've got no time for any of us. Oh, you're too good for us, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. you'd never expect support from those people and you'd never want it either because I don't think, you know, you'd never, it would never be genuine from them anyway. Did you have any experiences like that? Um, well, it's probably not this business, but I did have a clothing line that me and my friends tried to put out about, oh, I don't know, about 12 years ago. And yeah, like that's one of the things we thought, like, oh, like all our friends will at least buy a shirt off us, like they'll support us and that. And you, you spend fifteen, twenty thousand dollars and getting all your shirts made up and get it all down that. And you think, oh yeah, well I'll settle the first run because all my friends will do it, but not many people bought the shirts. So <laughs> we sort of, that flopped pretty quick. But um, but in saying that, like, yeah, it's one of those things that um, my wife's best friend and um, my daughter's godmother, they've got a clothing business and, like, we support them because we know as a, as a business ourselves, like, you, you should be there in the forefront and helping your friends and we love seeing it all. And, like, yeah, like, a lot of their posts is all about that stuff, but it's, like, it's their money. If they don't do it and they don't push it, like, who else is going to get out there? They don't have uh, advertising or they don't have all the money that they can put it on a TV. So, like, they've got to go out there and put their hard work into it. Yeah, so that's, yeah, it's hard. And you've got to respect people that, that are willing to, to put in all that work as well. Oh, 100%. Because, like, anyone could just, like, get a job and work a nine-to-five for minimum wage and stuff like that. It's, it's those jobs that sort of, 
not that hard to find. It's the people that are putting their, their nose on the line and going, I'm going to put my money into it and go out and see if I can make it in the big world. And so for me, like, I feel like you should always support your friends that are doing that um, because like, it takes, takes a lot of balls to, to go out there and put your money, your house on the line or whatever it is on the line. And knowing that if you don't make that money, you, your kids don't eat or your family, you, you struggle for rent, stuff like that. Like it's, it's big. So I'm always one of the first people to support friends and businesses. Yeah. And what was some advertising or marketing that you thought, well, you know, we'll just see how this goes. And it just blew up. Like it was just really successful for you. Um, so I've, I've gone on uh, serviceseeking.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one where like, yeah, that was probably the first one that I had to pay for advertising. Um, and I was just like, I was a bit skeptical. I was like, Oh, you think to yourself, it's funny. Like, you, you pay for a yearly thing or something like that and you think to yourself like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get this money back. But you chuck your money and then like, yeah, one of the first jobs we got, like I, I made probably, I don't know, 10 times more of the year membership free in one job. So you sort of like, well, that just paid for the whole year. So like, and then your work keeps coming off it and you can sort of get a good rapport and you're just like, yeah, you've already, once you've got your first job done, you've paid for your membership. And it's the same thing with B&I, like it, I got into the B&I where I met you, Brett, and um, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's worth it. And I spoke to Sean and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, dude, like, I've, I've made my return and some. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the first two weeks, I was, I was like, oh, I'm wondering if it's going to come from it. And then, then work started coming in. And, like, now it's, it's paid dividends and I've met a lot of people and keep meeting new business people and it just keeps opening up new ventures. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. And what do you think the, the best tool or the most valuable free tool that you've used either to promote the business or, you know, create for the business has been? Probably Facebook because um, everyone's on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, well, I, it's hard now when um, Facebook has changed their settings because you used to be able to post a sort of a free ad or like on the marketplace and that and I used to get a lot of work off it. But now I sort of, yeah, I've sort of given up trying to post on there because... Um, they want you to pay for their sponsorship and push that across. So you sort of, but yeah, well, I used to just chuck it out on there and I'd, some nights I'd be sitting on Friday night and have 15, 20 people message me going, oh, is your job still available? Like, can you come out and quote me, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that, that's always good. And the fact that you're usually sitting on Facebook anyway when you're watching the football or something like that and then it pops up, it sort of it makes it even easier because it's sort of, it's there in your hand. You, you sort of, it's sort of like a lazy way of finding work. You're not even actually out there trying to find it. It sort of finds you, so it's good. Yeah, yeah. And do you think, so that's interesting the way you said that it was like a lazy way of finding work. Do you think that's changed how how people or business owners, especially in your kind of industry, uh, like get more work? Um, yeah, well, it's it's hard because every man, their dog will say they're a concreter and they'll, and they'll put it on Facebook. So it's sort of, it's a good and bad. Like it's good because you can get your name out there, but it's sort of bad from in my aspect that you, you're competing with so many people. Um, but I think it's definitely, I mean, what, what, what can be better if you try to run a business and it's free, I mean, and you can get your business out there. Like that's, that's one of those things. Like it, it may not be the most correct tool to use or the most, that's going to hit every single target. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's always a good way to get your face out there anyway. It's a start, I think. Yeah. And when you consider, you know, you go back pre-internet, you know, you're talking 20 years ago, like you know, the closest thing that you'd get to that were things like school newsletters or, you know. Yeah, newspapers. 
Yeah, and everything else was paid. You know, you had to pay to be in the yellow pages. You had to pay to be in the local. Yeah, we did pay. You had to pay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The one one way we tried to get around, well, I tried to get around at the start, even when Facebook was first up, they didn't have a page setting, which you'd make flyers and just put flyers like put flyers up on a telephone pole or um or the power line pole, and um yeah, and then just and hope someone would drive past and see your phone number on it and call you up. Yeah. It's always one of those. Um, the ones that I always see are the ones that are like we buy guitars. Yeah, <laughs> or free, free free appraisal on your house, or I'll yeah. I spray your house, or I'll cut your lawn, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so I used to have a couple of signs around it. It used to get work, but I think I think also people used to go around and rip them down that were probably fellow concreters. So oh, that's <laughs> right. Didn't see your phone number up there. Yeah, jump out at the set of traffic lights and rip it down. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last couple of questions. What's the next big thing for you? Um, next big thing for me is uh, getting in the commercial industry. Um, I've I sort of set myself like I've got a couple of builders now that I'll sort of do a little bit of work for and still on my private work. But um, it's sort of trying to get into that sort of I guess you, if you put them in concrete, it's sort of like got tier work like tier one, just sort of million plus like your John Hollands and, and like the Metro Tunnel work and stuff like that. And then there's like tier two which is sub-commercial and stuff like that. Um, and that's sort of what I'm trying to get into at the moment. I sort of got in with a commercial builder at the moment, so I've put a lot of tenders up. So that's sort of pretty promising. Sort of, It's one of those things where you sort of got to get an asset finance guy and you've got to get all your, your workplace and your swims and your insurances and you've got to pay a bit more and stuff like that. But the reward's a lot better, I think. Like you're, um, you, you're off each job, you're going to make you're going to make a hell of a lot more money. Um, but the risk is a lot, lot higher because if you don't do it right, they, they know the ways to hold your payment and stuff like that. So it's sort of, it's exciting, but also sort of daunting at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 good. That's exciting for. Um, I hope it goes well for you. Yeah, well, it's been good so far. Just got to, they just got to win some work because they've pretty much been given the nod as the their main concreter. It's just uh, getting the right work in. Yeah, and what do you think the best advice that you can give our audience is? Um, best advice probably is just don't don't stop working, don't stop uh, trying when it gets hard because anyone who runs a business knows that there's time when it gets a lot harder, and don't dwell on those times when it's hard. Like it's you got to just push through it and just get through the other side because on the other side there's usually a silver lining and it's not too bad. And um, learn from learn from it. Like if it is hard or you make some mistakes, just learn from it and say to yourself you won't do it again because everyone makes some mistakes. Everyone sort of has a hard time or will just get through it and just like just break even or may even lose some money on jobs or done jobs or I've lost money on jobs before. Um, but you just get through it and get to the next one and just make sure you don't make that mistake again. Absolutely. That's great advice. So um, we'll, uh, we'll basically let everybody know that the, um, the best place to find out more about you is on Facebook. So if they look up SK Concreting and Landscaping, they'll be able to find you. Yep, yep, that's where it is. I'm in sort of in the midst of setting up a website, but haven't got that set up yet. Um, yeah, that's my next to-do list as well. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's just on Facebook at the moment, yeah. Beautiful. So to, uh, to close the show, like always, I've got a, uh, a quote, and uh, this one uh, in particular is uh, about uh, a little bit about building, I guess. And so uh, it's from Musa Rahat, who says, I'm not ignoring you. I'm busy building my empire. <laughs> You've, been, <laughs> You've been listening to the Paperclip podcast presented by BSDA. 
We have one clear goal, help you to become bigger. If you'd like to learn more about growing your business, head to bsda.com.au. Thanks very much for your time today, Scott. Thank you. Until next time, keep growing.